Uh, boo, it's me, Dracula. Ugh, I wanna suck your di- Um, no, it's, uh, it's, it's just me. It's Getsy. Uh, for, uh, Getsy on Goosebumps. Um, how you doing? Uh, just jo- dropping in at the start of this episode, uh, to apologise. Um, I need to apologise for, uh, the audio quality of the episode you're about to listen to. You know, we were in the studio, um, Mr. Henderson, our producer, long story short, there was coconut oil all over the desks and it seemed to have seeped into a lot of the recording equipment. It sounds like we're fucking underwater for, not fucking underwater. I don't even know how you'd get the friction. It sounds like we're underwater for the whole episode. It's really bad audio quality and it pisses me off, but like, I don't believe in re-recording anything. I think you do it and then you, 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 you then you, you, what I'm trying to say is if this is the first Goosebumps, Cats and Goosebumps episode you've ever listened to, uh, probably don't, don't do this one. Um, even the ones that we record over Zoom are a lot better audio quality than this. Um, I have learned my lesson. I will improve. Um, and um, I'm sorry for all the people I've let down. But for those of you along for the ride who don't really give a shit about audio quality, uh, just strap yourselves in for a few spooky chuckles. There's mummies and dummies and ghosts that bark. There's goblins and ghoulies that wait in the dark. If you wish to wait your pants with fright, listen to Gaxi on Goosebumps tonight. I'm gonna come. Boo, my dudes, and Why welcome back right? to Gatsy on Goosebumps, the only show in which I read and review every single Goosebumps book from R.R. Stein's original series. Joining me today, who else but my co-host with the most ghost the dungeon master sam rogerson how are you sam i'm great i'm here i'm scared we don't want any more ghosts so we're talking about goosebumps number five today the curse of the mummy's tomb but before we talk about that uh we're in the studio today lovely uh, i've got the studio ambient lighting ambient lighting in uh i didn't see you mr henderson in the lobby did you no, but he did give me a big jar of coconut oil and said, you know where that goes? What do you mean? And then I walked off. His hand was absolutely greasy as all get out, though. Well, don't pass it to me. I don't want... Just leave it there. We'll find some use for that. Sam, how are you feeling? In general? Yeah. I'm sorry. Sorry, I've just got on the, I've just got on the schedule. Introductory banter. Ah. Have you seen the news lately? Yeah. We spoke pre-recording, and I had, I had some opinions and some views, mm. um, which I can't post on Facebook anymore. They're mostly to do with the state <laughs> of Israel. <laughs> I'm noticing as we read these books, so much of my base knowledge of Goosebumps is from playing the FMV game, mm-hmm. which terrified me as a kid. Mm. I'd play with my friends around the computer. In this case, the scene with the mummy. It, it, is, it is sort of a chase scene where you are in a very confined tunnel within, mm. a, within, a, within a pyramid and you're crawling around in the dark and you don't know which way to go. And the whole time you're running through basically this air vent, a mummy is chasing you the whole time. That sounds quite tense. And you can turn around and see that it's coming and it makes like this music and it's like, it's the first like chase sequence I had in the game where I was like, Sounds like a, a proto Five Nights at Freddy's, if yeah, you will. That is exactly the vibe I had from that game and mm. it was terrifying. So... Going into this, I was like, "Wow, goosebumps and mummies!" I remember that was terror. That was absolutely terrifying. That scene in that game, that chase sequence. You were expecting something a similar vibes from this? Yeah, a little well, bit. Well, we will we will see if those vibes were uh, reciprocated. But first, uh, looking at the cover, can you describe it for us, Sam? Pretty stock standard mummy. Don't we're know. We're talking why. like an Egyptian mummy, not like a milf. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. Although, don't know what feel, I prefer. Feel free to, at goofups.pod at gmail.com, feel free to send in any mummy pics. Um, uh, it's uh, it's gatsy.on.goosebumps at gmail.com, I think. I couldn't get – I don't think I could get goosebumps.podcast at gmail.com. But that's that's besides the point. Do not send me any pics. Double double points if it is a mummy dressed as a mummy. You know no, I mean? actually, to be fair, yeah, I will, I will take those. It's, it's if, you, if you got those, it's pretty horny. <laughs> now, I'm not sure if listeners are aware of my oh, uh, God. fine art background barely past, yeah, but, but I've, I've, got the, I've, got, I've got the degree on the wall. Are you allowed back in that university? I wasn't allowed in the university. <laughs> I had to do all, all remote. There's some sort of circular divot in the wall behind the mummy, and it gives a sort of angelic halo-esque You're right. There's the, the thing behind Jesus. Yeah, which um, is weird because this mummy does also get crucified by the Romans. Personally, I think it's better when uh, Tim Jacobus or Jacobus, I've heard both pronunciations and don't know which is which, I prefer it when he leaves a bit more to the imagination. This You're is just a sort of too, showing it. Yeah. Better than anything I could do because I don't have any talent I was, or uh, friends. I was going to suggest that what if it was like a mummy's hand with the, with the wrap coming off it on a door? Okay. I realise that's what the stay out of the basement. Yeah. Um, yeah yes, but it's interesting that the sequel has a much more sort of you don't see the whole mummy. Is that more blue and green? Like yeah. Light, that's the one. Yeah. I, Re- Return of the Return of uh, Return of the Mummy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That, I think that's the one I'm thinking of in my mind. Yeah. Sam's knowledge of goosebumps is a deep swamp uh, with various things partially submerged below the surface, and occasionally you'll see like a fragment of them, like, oh yeah. Big Return of the Mummy vibes on this one. <laughs> I thought the one I'm, ref- I'm referring to was the only Mummy one. Yeah. I kind of forgot that there was this original one. There's also um, Curse of the Mummy Milkers. Have you read that one? Yeah. It's a lot more of a picture book than a, than a novel. <laughs> uh, what's the tagline on the front cover there? What will wake the dead? I don't like that because it, it's saying, yes, the dead will be awoken. It's just a matter of determining what will wake the dead. Whereas I would think the question should be, Will, will it wake the dead? Will, yeah. will the dead wake? Yeah, yeah. You are, know, are the dead woke? I'm not concerned. How woke are the dead? <laughs> I'm I'm not concerned about how the dead are awoken. I'm concerned if they do get awoken. Can you read the uh, blurb for us in the back there? Sure. Uh, something dead has been here. Oh. Dot, 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 no, dot. That's my, uh, sounds like my marriage counselor. <laughs> you know, when your mother walks in the, in the, in the bathroom and says, oh, something dead has been here. Something died in here, mate. <laughs> your dad goes, leave it out. <laughs> I used the downstairs bathroom because <laughs> you complained last time. Followed by men are disgusting. Yeah, maybe we should put them in the team. Now, hey, uh, can I just say, as a feminist, I agree with that. And can I also add, if the mummy was a president, we'd be having brunch by now. <laughs> <laughs> the blurb says, "Gabe just got lost in a pyramid scheme." <laughs> He's lost all his money. Gabe in. just bought twelve <laughs> cases of essential oils. One minute, his crazy cousin Sari was right ahead of him in the pyramid tunnel. The next minute, she disappeared. But Gabe isn't alone. Someone else in the pyramid too. Sorry, someone else is in the pyramid too. Someone or something. Gabe doesn't believe in the curse of the mummy's tomb, but that doesn't mean the curse isn't real, does it? Joke's on Gabe because there's a book called Curse of the Mummy's Tomb. Okay, now this is one of my favourite segments of all the segments we've stolen from other podcasts. Is it called Louder with Crowder? <laughs> yeah, it is. Uh, yeah, uh, no, I got one. Uh, yeah, so this mummy, I, <laughs> why am I doing Bill Maher? <laughs> Okay, new rule. If you're a mummy, you can't identify as a daddy. <laughs> that's just sort of, that's just some of the sort of political humor you can expect from this. This is where you've got 30 seconds to summarize the plot. Are you ready, Sam? Yep. Ready and go. Boy on holidays in Egypt with his parents. Parents leave for some reason. Boy with uncle. Uncle work in pyramid. Uncle have daughter. 
cousin to Boy. Boy, mm, kind of horny, kind of afraid of his cousin. Fifteen seconds. In a in a pyramid. Um, nothing scary, but the helper is scary. Run to the museum. Get knocked out in the tar pit. They killed the man. Now they're having dinner. Uh, you got three seconds. Anything you want to add? Let's go, Brandon. <laughs> Great. Yeah, you did that really well. I appreciate you trying to synthesize. Wait, wait, wait. No, I didn't. That was well, I mean, you, 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 no, you hit all the points. Previously, you've got to like 25 seconds ex- explaining oh. something about the character's name or something. And then you're like, oh, I, I, and then he finds a camera. <laughs> I try to be concise. I took out. Verbs. Like, I know you did. Yeah, yeah. In, in your effort, to, in your effort to synthesize it into dot points, you started speaking like a caveman, yeah. <laughs> like boy, I boy lost, in pyramid. I lost the control of the English language over myself. Uh, let's uh, dive right in. Get digging, as it were. Um, like an archaeologist. Uh, yeah, like, like an Egyptologist. Like those books. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah. They did Egyptology, which was like a real field, and they also came up with like dragonology. Yeah, which seemed to imply that. The study of Egypt was just as fantastical as. Uh, yeah, you posted one once, and your comment was like, "Yeah, it was it already exists." Yeah, it was dinosaurology. It's like yeah. that's paleontology. That's that's a field that already exists. Don't call it dinosaurology. So uh, yeah, we got Gabe, who's uh, who's spending his Christmas vacation in Egypt with his parents. Um, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, Cairo edition. Yeah, Chevy Chase is dressed up as a pharaoh. Same <laughs> <laughs> something. You know what? I, 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 if, if I was on, I wouldn't. I wouldn't switch it off. Yeah. What did you? Uh, what did you think of Gabe? This is this is the point mm. in the first couple of pages or minutes of the audiobook I was listening to. Gabe is just trying to have a glass of water. Yeah. His parents just ignore him the whole time in a way that is child services level of. This is really interesting, listeners. You, you've hit a gold mine of audio quality content here, and so it starts off with Gabe looking at the great. It's not specified if it's the Great Pyramid of Giza. I imagine it's based on a... This is the first time we're at a place where we've named the country. Like It felt the first time yes. we actually like said, we're in Egypt. You're right. You're right. It could have been some fictional country. With some ruins. Yeah, yeah. That's true. You, you're, you're right. Pyramids are so synonymous with, with Egypt. Um, they have to do it. But he's looking at the pyramid and he's really thirsty. You sided with Gabe on this issue. I don't know where I sided. <laughs> like, and this might just be, be me getting older, but... So I think they were both at fault. Like, would you, if you were on holiday with your parents, would you keep nagging and saying, I'm thirsty, I'm thirsty, I'm thirsty? If I was in a country as hot as Egypt, yeah. in the sun, mm. and it's not necessarily that he's thirsty, they blatantly ignore yeah. everything he says, yeah. but they do answer when he asks about what they're doing. Yeah. That's the part to me that is like sociopathic, is that he'll say four times he needs a drink and they ignore him, and then he that goes... Do you know how how wide the base of the pyramid is? And he goes, sixteen square meters, you know, square acres. And he goes, exactly right. And then he goes, can I drink? And his dad goes, so anyway, he <laughs> <laughs> was like, he's making more about the pyramid. Do, do, do yeah. you think they had to like engage with him? On the- you're right. You're and right. My mum was just a cow about it. I, I think I think the thing was, uh, je- uh, ladies and gentlemen. The gay being thirsty has very little bearing uh, on the rest of the plot, but I think it needs to be examined examined in detail. They should have said so. Let, let's let's do a bit of role play, like not the kind we were doing before we started recording. So I'll be Gabe. All right, you yeah. be parents were looking at the pyramid. Yeah, Dad, I'm really thirsty. Um, well, I've packed a water bottle in the backpack. Um, go go on and have yourself a sip, Daddy. Why don't you live with Mummy anymore? Well, your mother decided to sleep with the landlord. <laughs> You're right. That's the problem. If they said, 
All right, you've already drunk it all. You tipped it out. Yes, or, or we'll let's stay here for another ten minutes and then we'll go back and. It get just drunk. seems cruel. He might have been asking for two hours, mm. and if he has been asking for ten minutes, they'd only just left the resort, and Gabe was already asking for another drink. I just found an odd way to get us to sympathise with the character because it sounds because like the pyramids are being awful to him. Yeah, but wouldn't you be interested in pyramids as well? Yeah. I'd also stop to give my kid a drink if I drank well, okay, them out but there. Okay, but if you have to look at, have a choice. If you have to look at pyramids or feed your son water, like unfortunately, that most situations that's fifty-fifty, too close to call. It's true. But we find out that Gabe, yeah, he's, he, his family is Egyptian from way yes. back. They they migrated early twentieth century. Uh, and so he's allowed to say certain words now. Well, he keeps insisting. Do my agreement. And to find out that yeah, Uncle Ben, not to be confused with Spider-Man's Uncle Ben or the Uncle Ben who. Makes rice. Makes rice. <laughs> you find out he's a sort of a famous archaeologist and he's excavating this pyramid. They've d- uncovered this new tunnel or something. They may find the tomb of the original pharaoh who built this. I don't, Look, listeners, I'm sorry. Should I have checked if there really was a pharaoh called Khafu? Probably. Gabe, to be fair, is not really enjoying his trip so much. In fact, one line... Really stuck out with me. Really sums up the kind of kid. Okay. I'm sick of you hating the goosebumps, kids. It just Stop as I, as I get older, as I get older, where in previous generations I get to the age where I would have had kids before those said previous generations destroyed the housing market <laughs> <laughs> and casualized the entire workforce. I, I I start to side with the parents a bit more, but not always. Obviously, like there's some. I mean, we discussed them at length, I think it was, stay out of the basement, how abusive the parents are. To... I call it as I see it. I'm very fair. Hashtag Gabe did nothing wrong. Hashtag give Gabe a chance. <laughs> this is my favourite quote. I'll, this is from Gabe, of course. I'll say one nice thing about Egypt. The Coke tastes just as good as the Coke back home. It's the classic Coke too, not the other kind. And they give you plenty of ice, which I like to crunch with my tea. Right. I'll say one nice thing about Egypt, Gabe. Fucking thousands of years of unique culture and historical fascination. That's one good thing you could say about Egypt. Not This is you going to another country and saying, the best thing about this country is... They also have is, is Yes, is they have some things that also come from my country. The best thing about this country is sometimes I can pretend I'm still in my home country. Oh, and they give you lots of ice. Well, up there. We're seeing a lot of priorities about him and, like, beverages, I guess. Might just add that he is 12 years old and didn't want to go there. First of all, you're 12 years old. You live in your parents. Your parents are looking you're after you. You live in our house. You, you live in my house. You live in Egypt. Second of all, if you got back from a holiday in Egypt, Sam, yep. you know, even if, you know, you're not that interested in Egypt. Which I am. Your teacher asks, oh, what was the best thing? Or, like... Your friends ask, what's the best thing you go? You wouldn't go, he's oh. He's monologuing to himself. I had a coke. Well, this is his self. Yeah, but he's thoughts. being honest. But he's being honest, isn't he? Yeah, it? and it's saying that I wish you'd do a little bit more on the podcast I, and I, stop I, trying to side with the authority as usual. Look, I'm just saying, I think you're quite lucky to go to Egypt. Also, I don't know, your ancestors are from there as well. Don't you think you. He says it's kind of cool to think about. I don't know. I just, but he wants to. The thing is that his parents are doing the touristy yeah. thing. He wants to be Anthony Bourdain. He wants to get. In and amongst it. He wants to be in the tunnel. He wants to be talking to the locals. What's happening is his parents are just like sightseeing. He wants to go and experience Egypt. Okay, but also I often went on holidays with my parents. I wasn't there that, go. It's not about you. I wasn't that keen on. I I still I think I bet I you win like a little bitch. I probably actually look probably I probably did. Where's my game boy? You wanna play Tetris? Oh I've got a 
that I've got a small brain, I don't know how the pieces go together. That's not true. I'm actually quite good at Tetris. <laughs> no, um, right. Anyway, I don't know. Look, he's not He's not bad. He's definitely no Evan. Evan is like, I think we need to start ranking the Goose Kids because Evan mm. is way bottom. Gabe's, Gabe's I had no problems with Gabe. Like, I think we need to have a conversation about Gabe's problematic attitude and you're not ready to have a conversation. I'm not going to try and cancel Gabe no, <laughs> from the 993 book. So, mum and dad are going to Alexandria for business. Alexandria named after Alexander the Great. I had a bit of a, uh, a fleeting interest in ancient Greece and Alexander the Great based on the fact that my name is Alex and sort of, I guess, technically my namesake. But, yeah, I wouldn't say it's a enduring interest. This is very interesting for people who have tuned into this Goosebumps podcast. <laughs> We go to Alexandria and he's like, hey, can't I stay with Uncle Ben so I don't have to go to Alexandria in the business trip? You know, the rice guy. Yeah. <laughs> and they're like, yeah. So he's not that excited to see his cousin Sari, who's super competitive. Mm. Does make note to mention that she's very good looking. I've um, got her right here. She's really pretty and she knows it. Sometimes when I see her, I feel a strange swelling sensation in my downstairs trouser section. Dad, dad told me I couldn't keep saying it anymore. <laughs> Dad, is, Dad told me I ruined another Thanksgiving. <laughs> but he's not that keen to see Sarah. But he's like, yeah, it's beats doing boring stuff with my parents. They're kind of frenemies. Like, it's kind of like right. He, he, he doesn't dislike her. It's more that like he thinks she's kind of cool, but she rubs it in that she's cool than him. Yes, and, it's not bullying. It's like, oh, you always have like one up on me. Yeah, you're, yeah, you've got the you've got the new the new Nintendo. Game. Well, actually, I'll read you that on the same page. And the last time I saw her, she was an inch taller than me. That was last Christmas, I guess. She thought she was really hot stuff because she could get to the last level of Super Mario Land. But it wasn't fair because I don't have Super Nintendo, only regular Nintendo. So I never get to practice. <clears throat> well, actually, Gabe, <laughs> if you did have a Super Nintendo, you wouldn't be able to practice because Super Mario Land is on Game Boy. Ha! <laughs> Uh, it feels good to win (laughs) but yeah I'm not going to blame Arl Stein he's like he sees this 12 year old son playing different Mario games yeah he's got to crank out these books about five a fucking week do you want to hear the exact I've got a a clip oh yeah Jamie bring up that clip of um, Arl Stein talking to his son about yeah hold on can can we get that up hey there Johnny see you're playing the Mario game huh yeah, Dad, I'm playing Super Mario on the Game Boy. Cool. Seems like there's a lot of hot chicks in this one. Hey, Dad, that's Yoshi. He's his little dinosaur he rides on. Okay, now, time to ride a Goosebumps. Quack, 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 quack. So Ben's excited to see Uncle Ben, not excited to see Sari. And we get sort of, the, I guess, the first sort of scary moment is when he's in the hotel room waiting for his uncle to arrive. And it gets... Oh, so, sorry, sorry. Your parents just leave. Yeah, no. Again. I, I understand how the birds have to be gone from the set. It's like in comic books where the heroes always have a tragic story because yeah. why is this young kid out and about solving crime at night time? Hey, Buster, you want to know how I got these scars, see? I'm just going to bring up... That's in the book. I'm just going to bring up one more clip. I don't know, it's time <laughs> Hey there, Charlie. <laughs> why, it's my old... It's my old pal, Laurel Stein. Yeah, uh, you go. <laughs> Gee. <laughs> hey there, Jack. <laughs> Playing the Super Nintendo. <laughs> I, uh, I, uh, hey, look, it's, I think Adam Sandler's just walked in. Oh, hello, it's me, Adam Sandler. Shut up. <laughs> hey, Lois. <laughs> Adam Sandler just walked in and it's freaking sweet. 
Because what the po- I don't know why you pulled up that clip of a clip of Einstein meeting the Joker. I don't oh, know where you got it from. It's either. weird that all those people were in the same. Yeah, I know. The same time. Seeing as some of them are real and some of them are just cartoon characters, it was bizarre. Yeah, weird. But anyway, my my problem is in all these Goosebumps books. Yeah, Einstein always has to make the parents fly somewhere. Yeah, for yeah, no true. reason. True. I mean, look, I, I wasn't I wasn't that mad. I didn't feel too contrived. Should his parents get stuck in the tomb or something like that, and that's why he has to go in there again? Yeah, because I think there was one cut scene where the mum gets stuck in a tunnel, and she's like, oh, no, I'm stuck here. <laughs> Who's that coming up behind me? And it was the Joker! <laughs> Wait, pull up that clip of Einstein talking to Jordi Almino. What a self-indulgent wank fest this podcast is. Anyway, you're right. R.L. Stein does find ways to send parents away to create, yeah. create dramatic But obviously that's that. I thought this is the first sort of scary part. I've said before, when it breaches into like real terror or like real anxieties, I find it a lot more effective. And when yes. he's in that hotel room in this foreign country by himself mm-hmm. and it's like it's getting dark and he starts to worry like... Yeah. Almost like his, his parents that you say are so good uh, are bad people for leaving before his uncle got there. They had to catch a plane. Sorry, he could have come with them or he could have stayed. If, if you're a good parent, you wouldn't give a 12-year-old that choice. You'd say then you'd be me. angry at them for going, oh, let him stay in the hotel. Oh, he's 12. He can stay there by himself. You're finding... You're fucking president of the We Love Game Committee, whereas I'm much more objective. You know, I, I'm, I'm sort of scrutinising where actually, you know, criticism is valid or not. His uncle always turns up. He thinks it's a mummy. Yeah, his uncle dresses up as a mummy. And at first... So mm. we get, like, this dramatic tension because it would be scary if you're in a hotel by yourself. Yeah, you get it. You piss the bed because your parents... In the hotel. No, you took the chance to piss in the bed because your parents aren't in the hotel. Luxury. Um, and the Uncle Ben comes up dressed like a mummy, um, which is a big practical joke. Oh, we should say at this stage, Gabe's got sort of a lucky charm, doesn't he? Yeah. It's just a mummy hand. It's just a mummy <coughs> hand that he, quote, got from a garage sale for, for $2. And TSA, I mean, this is pre-911, so yeah. let's just, you know, never forget, first of all. Secondly, you could have put anything on a plane, apparently, then. Even a dead person's hand. But also... I presume this is a garage sale in America. Yeah. And look, we were... Yeah, Amazon, we're, isn't it, you know? Brief, brief spoiling. Like, it turns out this mummified hand does have some powers, which makes me think, how did it turn up at a garage sale in America and not in Egypt? Okay. Anyway, it's not for me to say. Bad parenting to let him have a mummy hand, I reckon. Well, uh, you probably wouldn't assume it's real. You'd think it'd be made of plastic. I remember, I remember, like, actually reading this as a kid, and I thought... It'd be so cool to have like a like a little like mm. like just like a toy like plastic mummy hand like I think I tried to make one but I didn't work. What do you want to do with it? I think what's cool about having a mummy hand like it just like it just be like a cool little like key ring or a something little, a little knickknack. Yeah, I think so. God, you're a, you lead a sad existence. Right? We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. You sign person in this room with a Kalashnikov. <laughs> Um, so I thought that the mummy hand was pretty cool. Anyway, Uncle Ben comes up. Turns out he was dressed as a monkey. Monkey? No, a mummy. That's a different, <laughs> that's a different one. Now, I assume if, he, if you're going to come into a hotel room just as a mummy, you would have got changed just outside the door, right? Yeah, because you cause you think that you know, hotel security probably wouldn't let you in, especially in Egypt where they're probably thinking they're some kind of hate crime. <laughs> Someone. I told Daddy he shouldn't do it, sorry, said, dropping down to the couch. I'm amazed the hotel people let him come up dressed like that. So presumably got changed before he went in the elevator. Yeah. Which is also the hotel uh, staff were like, you seeing this? <laughs> <laughs> this is a real piss up. Look at this. Blows all the uniform. Get up. <laughs> the hotel staff pulling out the, the camera phones like, oh, got to send this to Brown Card again. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the 
movie on that Bible that in a few weeks. Uh, Uncle Ben's working in a tomb. Uh, they may have uncovered a secret chamber. And guess what? Sorry and Gabe are going to go to the tomb tomorrow and do some exploring. Yeah. They do that. It sounds like Gabe's going to get the holiday he wants. It sounds like I don't know much about health and safety regulations. It seems like... You to, probably shouldn't be bringing the kids in there. Probably shouldn't. There should be mm. some sort of security. Apparently he had some kind of you know, guardian or parental figure who would... His uncle is right there. No, it's his parents' fault. We all know his uncle is the wild card in the family. It reminds me of like, like when they first sort of un- uncovered these tombs in the, the late 19th century and like it was like such a touristy thing to like look at these hotels or just like buy mummified remains of people and just display them in your hotel yeah. room. But it strikes me as that vibe like, oh... Come on, children, into the pyramid now. Yeah, very... Big, Help big, yourself to some souvenirs. Big colonial energy, yeah. big coloniser energy on... And that's when he, he introduces the kids to, like, some of his workers, including a very serious-looking man called Ahmed, who doesn't seem very happy to see them. Which, like, regardless of what we now know about Ahmed, having read it, if this yeah. is, like... It's a sacred place. Yeah, yeah, if this is, like... This is like a play? Yeah, you're at your... your I don't know. It's not crash, is it? Like yeah, yeah, you're at, like, you're, you're at a cemetery... And then some tourists from, let's pick a neutral country to avoid accusations of racial prejudice. Switzerland. Switzerland, the most neutral there is. <laughs> they come in a big bus with their kids like, all right, look around the graveyard, <laughs> start crawling around. Jump around on the tombstone. You know what? I'd be pretty fucking pissed off too. Having said that, the kids will go first to the Greek and Italian parts of the cemetery because they go all out in their tombstones. They really do. If, and and if, if only they could have gone all out in supporting the economy. And <laughs> <laughs> cut that. Way, cut that. <laughs> That's it. Tell you what. The Greek Euro crisis, a bit less money spent on uh, big old tombstones. I don't know if that's a thing outside of Australia. Like, as in, like, is that just a Greek diaspora thing that they... What about the Greeks not paying taxes and stuff? No, no, no. I have have no no problems with the financial contributions of the Greek people to the Australian economy. Let's get get that out of the way. What happens in the pyramid the first time, Sam? So in this tunnel, Sari runs away to to hide, to scare Gabe. Yeah. She hides in a big old yeah. empty sarcophagus. Again, yeah. sorry, babes. Uh, you need to check yourself. Because uh, <laughs> that don't fly anymore, all right? Anyway, so yeah, sorry hides, tricks him, he gets scared. Uncle Ben comes in. Says, he's, well, says, he's not happy. No, he's not. Because he's like, I don't know. I'm, I'm not sure what he expects of these 12-year-old kids to do. That's what I mean. I don't know who you who you blame in this situation. Kim, I think, because kid, 12-year-old kids are going to do 12-year-old kid things. Yeah. He's the only one that has, like, I don't know, 12-year-olds, can't you trust them not to run around in a pyramid? Not can they, though. They shouldn't. 12-year-old kids can do dumb things, and it's still dumb that they did them, and you can still be angry at them. Mm. But I'll be looking at, why was there a 12-year-old kid in this pyramid? Oh, the uncle brought them in. Okay, then what the fuck did he do that for? <laughs> True. Yeah, yeah, but I know it's true. During this visit, he almost dies. You love that, wouldn't you? Well, I'm you saying, this is where I think there was no, like, OHS induction. Um, well, no, I'm not, I, I don't think in the 90s in Egypt that was a pressing matter to I them. don't know. I mean, I don't know the the exact relation between the, the state and international historical societies regarding the, the, the condition of... You'd hope that if Western people were doing their colonisation archaeology in Egypt... It was at least done to some kind of health and safety. It was standards. at least done so the white children who you brought in don't, 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 don't get in. die. But that's the thing, he's climbing down a rope ladder and then I don't know, it just seems like this whole adventure was poorly planned. And what if Gabe dies, you know? I mean mm. obviously it wouldn't happen. It just seems like if you're going to not be able to climb down a rope ladder, you shouldn't be allowed to go in this ancient Egyptian uh, tomb. That's You're just right. my hey too right. That's my new rule for today. Uncle Ben's not happy and he's like So you'd imagine that after proving they can't behave in this you know, environment, mm. 
He's surely not going to bring him there again, is he? Well, surely not. I mean, th- things would have to go really, really pear-shaped for him to bring him in again. Also, along the way, we sort of get Gabe being scared by Sari, as we said. She runs off, hides in a, hides in a sarcophagus. Problematic. So Gabe is sort of really sort of still fuming that he's, he's sort of been done up by his cousin again. Yep. First, he fell for the uh, the mummy in the the old mummy in the hotel pool. Which is dumb because like, they obviously wouldn't have, a mummy would have known he's in another elevator. Could, think, could, think, could think for five there. seconds. <laughs> so they're staying at their hotel room. Uncle Ben has to race away because two of his workers had actually fallen ill at the hospital. Mm, hot, yeah. Very strange. Anyway, yeah. I'm sure it's nothing. They refused to wear masks. They were, yeah. And, and they weren't vaxxed. And, and so he, he says, don't leave the room. Yeah. And, and, they, and they go, oh, it's, it was really small. And he goes, oh, okay, you can go to the lobby. First mistake, you give them an inch, they're going to take a mile. And they did. They did. They walked down to the museum, is that correct? Yeah. And they told them not to. Yeah. They walked down to the museum, and Gabe sort of gets this one back up on Sari because he starts talking about, like, all the gruesome details of mummification and sorry yeah. is like really gross out. He's like, ah, ah, Gabe kind of points out that he doesn't understand personal boundaries that clearly something that is making her uncomfortable and Gabe's like even, even, exploit even, this. even says felt good to be the one in, in, in control, like, control. Yeah. It's like yeah. Gabe having a little bit too much enjoyment out of this mate anyway they're confronted in the museum who are they confronted by Samuel? Ahmet and this is the moment I was like oh here we go the guy, because the whole time before this, the pattern I met to be like serious and kind Very of like ominous and a little bit xenophobic or racist, and then, mm. oh, he's a bit scary, isn't he? Yeah. He's not. He's from here, not from where <laughs> I'm from. But then it's like, oh, here's the part where he chases them. It turns out he's trying to warn them or something. It's yep. actually going to be, and he's actually the good guy. Classic, bloody boring sign. Well, he does chase them through the museum, and then he goes, "I'm actually being sent here by your father." I'm, I'm, sorry, sorry, Uncle Ben. Yeah, we're going to take you back to the hotel room. That again, they say we should have checked our privilege. He wasn't. Yeah. He wasn't trying to hurt us. That's on us for having that preconceived notion. Yeah. So after that, they posted a video on YouTube that's really long. It's like, listen, I've learned from this experience. I'm sorry for the pain <laughs> I've caused. I should not have assumed that this Middle Eastern man chasing after me wanted to do me harm. Yep. But that doesn't actually happen because as soon as he gets them in the car, he tries to kidnap them. Yeah. Turns out they're right. The weird man from a foreign country was trying to kidnap them yeah. all along. There's a lesson there, and we won't say what it is, but. We know, we know what it is. I'll say this. Just trust your instincts. And this is sort of the next moment of real terror. Well, I say real terror. Mild. I wouldn't call it terror. Like, but, but I found it scary. Not so, a, no, not 11. That was... No, that was real terror. terror. But also, you know what it was? It was real bravery. It was a real statement. Yeah. About, how, about America and how... America, America, don't, America don't break easy. It's sort of being kidnapped in a foreign country. Pretty, pretty freaky. That's the scariest part of the book yeah. so far to me. He's like... Wait a minute, this guy that's like, I'll take you to your dad. Like, oh, and awesome. then and then he starts driving the wrong way. I've been in Ubers or taxis where I'm like, oh, yeah, just, take, yeah, just take to my house, please. And they go away. That's not the way you normally go. And you're like, this is how I die. But it's very, very scary, you know. And tension ratchets up quite well. He's like, oh, like we're just two blocks from the hotel. We'll just walk. He's like, no, no I'll just get the car. car. Also, they, they noticed the front of the car was like, the fender was damaged. Again, we don't find out why, but it's like, it sort of it gives you a bit of unease. They're about to get into a car mm. with a stranger. Yeah. And then suddenly realize, or being kidnapped in a car. It's pretty effective. I imagine if you're a parent reading this to your kid, kid probably doesn't quite understand why this part's so scary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because of the fact that, like, oh, no, this this, this happens to people. So, yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a classic kid abduction. Classic case. prank. He's, he's, he's it turns out it was a YouTube prank. But they managed to, when the car stops, they run out of the car. I don't want to give him ideas, but why didn't he lock the doors? Yeah, yeah, well, well could you seem to, seem to know a lot about kidnapping children. Uh, listeners, I stand by that comment. And if Sam, if Sam has he's nothing to hide, he's got nothing to fear. So they run back to the hotel, and Uncle Ben comes back, and they're like, "Hey, that colleague from the university who tried to kidnap me." He's like, "Classic, classic, Ahmed." <laughs> 
No, but more people from the hospital are going sick. He wants to find out what happened to the workers. Everyone's getting sick. Better bring these kids in here with him, like, potentially <laughs> sick area. Well, like, they make a point. It's not like, this time it's like, oh, yeah, you're right. right. Oh, I'm sorry. That's, that's good and fine that he's bringing the kids to where everyone got sick and they got to the hospital. You're right. No, they make a point, they do they? get sick. They were, there was an accident or something. And he's oh, like, no. I'm going to work it out. You kids stay here. And to the credit, like, which doesn't really hold up. Like, what if Ahmed comes to the hotel and I'm like, well, you can probably lock the door and just... Yeah, call him in. Tell him where the people are from. No, but he'll come in. No, your uncle really did send me this time. Like, all right, come in. Also, he dresses as a mummy. They go back there. This time, Gabe gets like a little beeper, a little pager, so he doesn't get lost. And um, he quickly gets lost again. Yeah. Because he... They're walking off in front of him too far ahead. The real villain is not Ahmed, it's the shoelace that keeps getting untied, which is sort of the most, I guess, supernatural, well, second most supernatural element of this book. If you, like double, if you double knot your shoe, mm. how's it, how, it can't get untied, can it? Oh, all right. I wish. I wish. Those fucking everything about Ellen DeGeneres' <laughs> backlog of jokes can't say a fucking single thing about double knot. Sorry, I'll get another guest on who can provide him with some stimulating banter on the thoughts of how effective double knotting is. Sorry for wasting time. So he gets chased into a. Uh, so I'm loving it. This burial chamber with like this tar pit, mm. and there's like all these mummies. He falls so, to the floor. Yes, he does. Yeah. And it's the first time we've actually sort of seen mummies. The, and, and, uh, first, sorry, sorry, listeners, but everyone keeps telling me how these pyramids are some great feat of engineering. Yeah. Um, how about some engineering on those floors? Well, I, you're, you, you're making a joke, but yes, they shouldn't. They, I mean, I they, mean, unless it's a trap, they wouldn't fall through that. Hey, not an Egyptologist or a dragonologist. Good and he discovers this burial, not burial chamber, this mummification area, I guess, with a big tar pit and all yeah, these mummies yeah, where, and all where, these tools. Where they tie them up and they suspend them from the ceiling and apparently people enjoy that and I don't know why. And he sort of uncovers there. He's like, oh, this is, must be where they create mummies in this tomb. And then he catches up with Shari and Shari's like, why did you run off? And he's like, quite understandably, why didn't your uncle and you stop when I had to wait, had to <laughs> stop to tie my <laughs> shoes up? Why was I left, like with my parents, yeah. to my own devices as a 12 year old? <laughs> like, literally, I called you to stop walking ahead and you did and they got lost. So don't put the blame on me. How hard is it to notice? Hey, there's no, there's, there used to be three of us in this cha- in yeah. this tunnel. Now there's only two of us. I think she's like, my dad's so mad. I'm like, well, you I'm know, I'm under a fucking floor. Fucking sorry. Like, <laughs> maybe your dad should take some responsibility about the children he's inviting into this period. Maybe he should drop, drop me off, drop me off, drop me off at, the, at the embassy. Yeah, come yes, here himself. Yes, and then they're confronted by Ahmed. So he essentially says, yeah, the curse is pretty much when people violate the tomb, my ancestors and I have always been dedicated to pretty much killing them. I tried to scare your uncle. The workers that I showed, I showed. Them. He says. I, scared them. I showed them what it's like to be to be burnt alive or like boiled in oil from the tar or something. How did he show them that? I don't know because they obviously survived because they're in the hospital. Maybe he just like put their face really close, like oh, yeah, don't no, do it, and they just they, passed out from yeah. fear. I don't know. Tried to scare your uncle off, but he wouldn't listen. He kept digging, so now I'm gonna have to, uh, you know, essentially mummify you. Also, that's what some of these mummies are. So. So you said the time his mummies aren't ancient, they're yes. actually new. Which is a creepy part. Uh, so then Uncle Ben comes. He comes in thinking he's going to be fucking Indiana Jones, swinging his big old whip dick. and his big old <laughs> Sorry, dick. Whip. Essentially, he gets clocked on the head by Ahmed with the torch, gets knocked unconscious. Great job, buddy. Yep. Yeah. you got to rescue two kids and fucking get knocked out instantly. Very, very not very reliable. On a he, gets not, like he gets knocked for six. He really does. And he gets sort of bundled into the sarcophagus. 
And Ahmed says, I've got to wait for this tar to, to boil, because apparently that's part of the mummification process. Yeah, I should start it earlier. Oh, you would have thought so. Also, this, is, this, this has the stink of a Vince McMahon gimmick match. Again, a very, very scary moment. They're essentially locked in this big sarcophagus waiting for this... Just to die. To die, essentially. <laughs> and it's, you know, really scary, and there's no hope. But then, how do they get out of the sarcophagus? Do you remember? Uncle Ben appears in their one? Yeah. This was, I was listening to this on the way here, right? And yeah. I kept rewinding, so I thought I missed a bit. I was like... Sorry, what? He's, yeah. He's like, they put in a trap door. Okay, why don't you open the trap door of the kids' one and pull them out? And he goes, oh, climb in here. He yeah. climbs in the back door, which also, you can open them from the inside. Yeah. So get in the kids' one. That's true. That's true because he specifies. Unless he opened it from the front, got in there and closed it. Uh, yeah. I don't really understand the setup, but he says, oh, you know, Egyptians included these for their soul to escape during the afterlife. That may be true. Look, yeah. they built these big-ass pyramids with booby traps. It's entirely possible that's true. But then he's like, Ahmed was so wrapped up in the curse, he forgot about it. Yeah, surely there's Jumbo, he forgot about his one tip. Surely yes. there's, <laughs> what, if there's one guy who wouldn't forget about it. It's the, him. It's the guy who spent it in this fucking... Uh, also, he's a cryptologist. Yeah. He's literally a professional at understanding how those things work. He's like, ah... But today you forgot how they work today because we got out. So they're, they're escaped, they're running, and then Ahmed blocks them off. And, God, he's certainly hopeless, Uncle Ben. Like, There's a reason why he's well left him and, and Sari only stays with him on the weekends. The three of you will die in a tar pit, he declared. Sari and I exchanged horrified glances. Sam, can you give me a horrified glance? <laughs> Uncle Ben had climbed back to his feet and put his arm around us. Ahmed... Can't we talk about this calmly and rationally as scientists? Yeah, this is, he, said, he said this twice he at this point. Times, yeah. And then for some reason he's like, oh, this will work. <laughs> yeah. He wants to kill me, but the third time I tell him to think about rationally, well, this will be the time that he stops. Yeah, but now he's really going to listen to logic. To the tar pit, Ahmed ordered, thrusting the flame torch angrily at us. Ahmed, please! Uncle Ben cried in a whining, frightened tone I'd what never heard. You should have just died like a real man. I'd be scared too, but I've also realised that I've got two kids with me. Having said that, I've been in this situation, I'd probably bitch out and be like, all right, kids, you're on your own. Yeah, you told Off me, I go. You told me that you'd broker a deal with him which he gets to kill the kids and you get to leave. Well, hang on. Is that bad, though? <laughs> Did they kill Ahmed by pushing him into the tar? No. So what happens is they're, they're trapped. Clearly, Uncle Ben's got nothing except rationality and reason, much like the Democrats. <laughs> so the good news is Uncle Ben's going to be completely destroyed, but... He'll have the moral high ground. <laughs> Thank God someone does something. Gabe pulls out the summoner, the little mummy hand, and he sort of like waves it. Oh, I forgot. It's like his good luck charm. He's like, hopefully this does something. And Which sure enough, it does. Was it didn't, if it didn't work, what a fucking idiot. I mean, yeah, look, you'd be like... Thankfully, he did raise the dead and they did come and help him. Yes, and all the mummies sort of around start to like come to life. Which is, I guess, look, we don't know much about the magic of this, but I guess it, it works not just on ancient mummies, but the new mummies that have been like made more recently. Yeah, um, mummies 2.0, I think they like to be called. They raised Ahmed high above their moaning heads, and they held him over the burning tar pit. Squirming and kicking, Ahmed uttered a piercing scream as they held him over the boiling, bubbling, streaming tar. I closed my eyes. The heat and the tar fumes swirled around me. I felt as if I were being swallowed up, pulled down into the steamy blackness. When I opened my eyes, I saw Ahmed fleeing to the tunnel, staggering pomously, shrieking in open-mouth terror as he ran. The mummies remained by the pit, enjoying their victory. They don't actually kill him. I feel like Arasan was like, he sort of wanted to do it. He's like, the Scholastic's, Scholastic's like, I reckon the first draft he got put in the pit. Yeah. And then someone was like, eh, maybe walk it back a bit. So they're all safe. They get back to the hotel room. They're all happy. 
And, um, and he starts hot-logging around with, it with, with mummy hand. He's like, I was spinning the summer around on the table. Uncle Ben grinned at me. I had no idea how special that mummy hand was. Which, again, you probably fucking should have him as he's looking at the, Literally. At the dig site for that exact course. Literally. Wait, so do you think that's the hand of the mummy? They, they say it's the hand of Oh, you're right. He Caruta. says it's the hand of the princess. Yeah. Like, I interpret that, that as like a symbolic thing. No, no, that's why the mummy's like... They, they answer to her, which right. is why... How the fuck did that get to a garage sale in the United States? I, it probably, uh. I, presumably it was, literally, from the old colonial times, uh, Big Art Deco vibes, where you go on a big <laughs> like, trip, you'd buy a mummy and be like, oh, I'll snap this little hand off and just, off, yeah. show this to the fellas at the stock market, <laughs> see? Put it on the top of my... Hey, what's that? It's my good friend Joker. Yeah. Hey, it's the same voice. <laughs> Literally, that, that would be it. it for that thing to come yeah, to America. Yeah, you're right. The Joker would have to have bought it. Yeah, it would have to have been the Joker or possibly. <laughs> so they get the summoner and he's like, Gabe, Oh, yeah, this thing. Gabe's dicking around with it. He says he's going to use it to give him a helping hand later on. I don't know what that means. Um, and then someone bursts through the door. Who is it, Sam? Ah, uh, your best friends, the parents. Yes, yeah, so there's the parents right off them. So it's sort of like it's sort of a uh, a non a non scary cliffhanger. The, the final line is, "Mum and Dad, I cried. I bet they were surprised at how glad I was to see him. It would have been funny there again. Uncle Ben always killed me four times. Yeah, I know. I almost died six times. Got kidnapped by an Egyptian man last time. Plus, my parents didn't give me any water when I was passing out in the pyramids. Yeah, because all he wanted was coke, which you know is the only thing Egypt does right. Apparently, right back with our analysis of the plot because apparently. Uh, the plot. Yeah, the plot of this one. How about the backstory? Even bigger. We'll be right back. <laughs> Did you know that the Super Mario Bros. movie was based on a Nintendo video game? Or that George Bush was playing Atari on the morning of the September 11 attacks? If not, you might want to tune into the Super Gamer Bros. podcast. I'm Marcus. And I'm TJ. And every week we bring you news, reviews, and trivia from the epic world of gaming. That's when I'm not kicking your butt at Halo multiplayer. You mean when I'm not making love to your mother? Uh-oh, bonus move incoming. X-X-A-A-R-T-L-T. Finish her. <laughs> Gross, dude. Make sure you listen to the Super Game of Bros podcast wherever you get your podcasts from Henderson Entertainment, a subsidiary of Equinox Petrochemical Solutions. All right, thank you for joining us. We're discussing Goosebumps, Cursed Mummies 2. We got there after a fucking, well, quite a while, quite a while. <laughs> did it make it easy, did I? No, no, you didn't. And this is my favorite part of the, uh, the franchise. This is, uh, of course, world-famous segment, Stein, Drop Me a Line. Stein, Drop Me a Line. Hello? Mr. Stein? Yes, I'll hold. This is where Sam uh, pitches a sequel to the uh, book we've just read. Which is tough because there already is a sequel to this book. There is, and you don't know what it's about. So, I mean, let's not do what you think it's going to be. If you had to elevate a pitch me a sequel. All right. Now, one of the things that was missing from this was the scene where the mummy chases you throughout the tomb in the game. Okay. So, the sequel to this, Uncle Ben goes back with Sari. Mm Mm-hmm. And they meet Gabe there, mm-hmm. and Gabe has got all the water in the world he can drink. Okay, good. He's, he killed his parents. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> his parents are left the country. <laughs> they're, they're like adults, adult Gabe, okay. adult Sari. So like, you know, when they finally it's been a while, they can finally maybe <laughs> get away with what they want to get away with. But more importantly, when they're in the tomb, they feel like they're being followed, mm. right? So they're digging deeper and deeper and deeper. And then you know, someone goes, "What happened to Armhead? Like I thought that." You yeah, know. last we saw him, he was running away. Yeah. And then they realise that 
all the tunnels that have been going down have been being sealed up. Okay. So once they get to um, as far down as they can go, Uncle Ben realizes that they're not there alone. Someone else is in the tomb with them, and the mummy mm. is Ahmed, and okay. he chases them throughout the tomb, and they're going to try and get out of the tomb and escape Ahmed. Um, except this time, the guy who understands everything about this particular tomb and the crypt that everyone's in, yeah, he wins and he just kills everyone. Okay, well, maybe... Are you having a bond to that last part? I don't think you can have your protagonist of your children's novel. Well, you probably can, but... Ahmed chases out the colonizers from his, from his pyramid because <laughs> uh, they keep stealing all his relics. One of those stories, huh? <laughs> so essentially the kind of story that would get banned in most US states. In state. Yes, yes. Mummies appear at the last, like, three chapters. Yeah, I wish this had more supernatural mummies. more, like, an actual mummy. Ahmed shouldn't have been the bad guy. Mm. In an adult novel about this yeah. stuff, Ahmed's a bad guy because I understand that he's got different motives. As a kid, the mummy's a scary thing. Of course. It should always be a mummy who's chasing them around the whole time, not Ahmed. Mm. Um, I quite like that. And, yeah, I think, because I think that's the... I think it's, it's perfectly tense. Yeah. It's just, again, you it, see this, you see this mummy on the current. Yeah. Your first instinct is, oh, that thing is going to be chasing them through a pyramid. Yeah. Instead of just being someone dressed up as a mummy or yeah. his parents opening the door on the last page, yeah, yeah. there was no threat that the mummies were going to get him. Which, again, I think maybe that's R.L. Stein saying, like, I'm not going to just write a Cl- yeah, 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 yeah. But maybe that, that might have helped the kid have more fun. I, I did have a uh, cliffhanger clanger. Would you like to hear it? Yes. Cliffhanger clanger. It's on the first cliffhanger, end of the first chapter. Cliffhanger clanger is where you point out how Arl Stein has to keep readers reading through use of cliffhanger, and sometimes they're more effective than others. Most of the time, they're pretty good. Little did I know that in a few days, Mum and Dad would be gone, and I would be deep inside the pyramid we were staring at. Not just inside, but trapped inside it. Sealed inside it. Probably forever. Well, mate, if it's probably forever... That makes us realise you're going to get out in the end. And for that reason, I award Chapter 1 a cliffhanger clanger. Oh, no! You kicked it in me nuts! Great. Great banter. It and is. that's the best part of it. <laughs> final thoughts on rating? Final thoughts on rating. Uh, yeah, give me your final thoughts. Again, I it's not, it's not a bad book, mm. but it lacked... And again, I'm finding this with all the good time books if we go back to mm-hmm. it. I, in my mind, they're way more adventurous and crazy with, mm. the, with the, the theme. Mm. The theme of mummies and pyramids plays a bigger role in my mind when I look at the cover and I mm. think about what it's going to be about. It's a, it's a three and a half for the story, mm. and it's a, and it, but it's a three for the fact that it doesn't actually do anything that interesting. With what do you think? Three, three or 3.5? I'll, th- I'll give it a three, but, I'm, it, but it's more because it's a 3.25 in my mind, but I'll round it down to a three. I, I, I concur with your, with your thoughts. I think there's actually nothing wrong with it. No, there's no part no that's really stupid as there are with some of the other books. Which is almost so worse. You know, it's it's entirely consistent. I didn't I don't didn't find it dragged on too long. No. I thought breaking it up having having sort of three act structure where you've got the um the pyramid, then you've got the museum, then you got back to the pyramid. I thought that was that was a good job of breaking yeah. things up. If it, it, it was all in the pyramid you have bored of it. Yeah, I agree. You know what actually I've as I'm saying I've talked myself into it. I only I only do full full uh star ratings. I'll give it a three. Sorry? I gave it a three. You can give it a point something. Uh, 3.25. Well, that's taking a piss. Is it <laughs> three or 3.5? Like, 3.25. Well, unfortunately, I don't have the power to stop you from giving you that rating. And for that reason, I give it 
four stars out of five. Ah, bullshit. He's actually written three stars here, but I don't he, know knows that, he, I knows, don't he knows that the, the goof opportunity loves this one. He doesn't want to piss off all you freaks. And the next book, I believe, was written about uh, Sam Rogerson after he did anything wrong with his uh, friends in high school. No, no it was ri- instantly it was, fled the scene, no, and it's uh, it, Let's Get Invisible. Well Any do. memories of Let's Get Invisible? I remember the cover being a guy in an orange shirt. Okay, well... Looking at a mirror. We'll take it from there. And he's got a green green on the cover. Thank you so much for listening. If you are interested... Thank you for making it all the way through, if you did. Um, good on you. You're the real... You're the Pharaoh. real... You're the real Patriots. Yeah, exactly. Uh, thank you so much for listening. If you'd like to get in touch, please follow the podcast at goosebumps.podcast where we post lots of... I say we... It's entirely me. Post a lot of, but you know, Sam will occasionally uh, look at his phone and go, "Hmm, me likes that. Bit spooky." And well, many other I, things I, I often comment on some of the some of the photos. Yeah, you're, yes. I only wish they were in some way related to the photo being posted. Follow us on Instagram at Goosebumps dot Podcast. Uh, any last words, Sam? Just because they say that you have to do it and that, it's, and that the law says you've got to get the vaccine, it doesn't mean you have to. <laughs> Thank you for listening, and until next time, please stay spooky. Gadsy on Goosebumps is a literature podcast, a co-production of Henderson Entertainment Network and Equinox Petrochemical Solutions. If you'd like to listen to more stirring podcasts or hear about how the petrochemical industry supports your local community, please visit Lartreture.com. That's Lartreture, L-A-T-T-E-R-A-T-U-R-E.com.